0: We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer.
1: Our number two is underway now, eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really, really informative first hour of the program, I believe. We had a lot of stuff to cover there, and we're going to dive into it perhaps in even a little bit more depth right now as we welcome our friend Peter out to the program. Peter, of course, is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, the longest serving member of that commission, by the way. He is also a Cleveland attorney, a best-selling author, a regular columnist, as well as the host of the Kersenow Report here on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete, good morning.
2: Hey, Bob, how's it going? It's going all right,
1: Uh, I suppose, Peter. uh, A little bit frustrated, but um, I'm hoping you can perhaps bring some sense to this for me uh, to perhaps ease and allay some of my concerns and frustration. But unfortunately, I I, I am not confident of that uh, because I don't think you can just wave a magic wand and fix stupidity. Peter, question, uh, simple question, is racism... Evil and something that should be fought against in all of its forms or only in some of its forms?
2: Yeah, you know, that has been a problem now for uh, qu- quite some time, several years now in the United States. There's one way racism. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, the, the, the whole premise behind both critical race theory, but more importantly, the, the tract written by Ibram Kendi how to be an anti-racist, requires racism to combat racism. They've adjudged certain t- forms of racism to be worse or uh, more endemic than other forms of racism, and therefore using racism to battle it is justified. You just use the term stupidity, and that's at least one word. Uh, it's probably a mild description of what this is, but it's it verges on, I would suggest, and I don't mean to be histrionic, I'd suggest it's evil, Never in history has any human being ever succeeded in combating one evil with another evil. You talk about necessary evils, but that's a description of something that is essentially good, trying to destroy or eradicate an evil. Here what we're doing is we're compounding the matter, and you see it throughout the country how people are rising up in in anger and uh, thankfully not in arms, but Uh, parents throughout the country, school boards, uh, a lot of employees who've been subjected to critical race training are upset about it. And in the media, what we see, of course, the major media thinks that anti-racism is the way to go. A lot of woke corporations, a lot of Olympic athletes, um, they're all wrong. We all know that they are wrong. It's painful to watch how wrong they are, but they're doing considerable damage to the United States of America. Uh, But You use the term stupidity, yes. That's maybe the mildest description of what it is. It is evil, but it is also stupid.
1: And it's those two things, and I don't think that's histrionic, Peter. I agree with you, and I think that's accurate, especially when we get into the big story that you and I uh, are both very well aware of. The Dallas... Justice Now organization is not just uh, demonizing people who are light skinned for being privileged and for being supremacist, etc now they 're asking them to volunteer voluntarily, sacrifice their own goals or the goals of their children in order to help correct historic wrongs as a white. This is the pledge they are asking white parents to sign, uh, and i don 't know if this is just in a Dallas school district or not, but Dallas Justice now is saying to all white allies um, signed this pledge. As a white person with privilege from both my whiteness and my neighborhood, I recognize the need to make sacrifices for the purpose of correcting hundreds of years of murder, slavery, discrimination, and lack of educational and e- economic opportunities perpetrated upon people of color. If I do not have children under 18 of my own, then I will commit to encouraging my white privileged friends, neighbors, and family members with children to sign the pledge and hold them accountable until they do so. The pledge, Peter, is to not Try to enroll your kids in the top schools in America. Don't enroll your white kids in the top 50 U.S. News and World Report rated schools or in the Ivy League schools, because when you don't, that will open up all kinds of thousands and thousands of spots for children of color. They're essentially saying, you know, that affirmative action program that already leads to a disproportionate rate of dropouts among minority students who did not earn their spots in top schools based on merit. Let's put that on some steroids. Pete, you've talked about this at length. Give us some more on that.
2: Yeah, and, and Bob, that that last uh, clause that you have, that that description you just gave was, was excellent. Uh, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the mismatch theory is going to be accelerated on steroids. You, th- this is the worst thing that can happen to Americans, period, in terms of education, but especially for minorities. Um, this was brought to my attention over the weekend. One of my clients happened to be in, in – uh, lives in the Dallas area. And uh, sent it to me, it was placed in his mailbox, and I forwarded it on to uh, some media folks, um, and it was picked up. And, uh, it, it, you know, th- this is almost, it, it, it's, it's incredible to see, but by the same token, are we surprised? Um, it says, among other things, you've just indicated some of the, the things that's uh, recited, but it says, it's, the purpose is to open up places for blacks, and by the way, Latinx, um, Look, I know a lot of Latino people, a lot of Hispanic people. I don't know if anybody uses the term Latinx except some woke students at Oberlin. I don't even know if I know those <laughs> woke students at Oberlin. But in any, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. And I just thoroughly reject these new words that they come up with. We have a pretty good and, and adequate English language. It's served us well for hundreds of years. Uh, I don't know why we have to come up with these made-up words. But this is part of the uh, you know Critical Race Project, and it says... That one of the clauses in this uh, flyer says, quote, whether you know it or not, you earned or inherited your money through oppressing people of color. So white people have to understand that. And here, here's what happened here. Um, you know, there are tens of millions of Americans Whites who came here or were born after the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Uh, all those immigrants apparently earned their money by oppressing people of color. They were completely oblivious to this. But now, because these geniuses down in Dallas have figured it out, these phenomenal historians, uh, we've got the fact. Uh, we've got the revision of history now. To or actually a correction of history. But. The, the fact is that when you talk about generations, they talk about generations of privilege. As we've talked about before, since the late 60s, early 70s, the privilege of going to Ivy League schools and the top 50 schools has been afforded to blacks and Hispanics. As we speak, I'm looking at a file um, on my credenza, that says Students for Fair Admissions v. Harvard. It's a file de- dealing with the, among other things, the pleadings and amicus brief that I submitted in that case. At Harvard, one of the Ivy League schools referenced in this flyer, mm-hmm. um, there has been affirmative action for at least half a century. Evidence adduced during the course of the litigation related to Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard shows that If you are a black student, you are 10 times more likely to be admitted than a similarly situated white student. By similarly situated, I mean same GPAs, same SATs, same extracurriculars, etc. Ten times more likely. In many of these schools... Wisconsin comes to mind from a few years ago. Uh, these stats may not be correct right now, but as of a few years ago, Wisconsin, you were 500 times more likely to be admitted if you were black and something similar if you were Hispanic as opposed to a white or Asian comparative. Asians are the most discriminated against by far, uh, than whites, but, uh, if you're black and you have, you know, just kind of a mediocre GPA and SAT, you're gonna get into Wisconsin. And if you have a little bit better than a mediocre SAT and GPA, you have a decent chance of getting to Harvard. No way if you're white and no, if you're, no way in the world if you're Asian. So the folks who got these flyers in their mailboxes, their kids more likely than not have already been discriminated against. They have to work extremely hard to get stellar grades and SATs and phenomenal extracurriculars to have a prayer of getting into the Harvards and Yales and places of that nature. Whereas the folks who probably distributed that for flyer, can pretty much fall on their head and get into Harvard. Uh, that's an exaggeration. I don't mean to be no, that No, but you know,
1: your point is a fair one. Your, your point is a fair one. Merit is kind of, you know, cast aside here. This is, this is you know, what what we found out with that Harvard, uh, that lawsuit against Harvard uh, with the Asians being, Asian community being discriminated against. Essentially they're saying your merit uh, is not good enough for us to bring you in here. We need a more uh, diverse campus. We cannot just have so many Asian faces on our campus. That's literally what they said uh, when they when they discriminated against the Asians, and to a lesser extent, as you said, to white, uh, to white students. So, Pete, knowing all of this, um, you know how how does anybody with Dallas Justice Now or any of the uh, allied associate organizations rather? <clears throat> believe that this is good for the African-American community or the minority or quote-unquote BIPOC, people of color, uh, um, communities as a whole. When they know full well this is going to lead to failure, it's going to lead to uh, dropouts, it's going to lead to you know less success than they would be if they just went to state schools that perhaps are a little bit more um, you know in line with their own uh, abilities.
2: I'd like to say that's a result of only one-dimensional thinking, but that's too facile an answer. I've talked to a lot of these folks. I mean I mean, look, I'm not because I'm on the Civil Rights Commission. I interact with people who think like this on a regular basis in hearings. I mean, I'm talking about some of the leadership of, of the people who do these kinds of things. I think the reason one of the overriding reasons, overarching reasons why you see something like this is they believe this because they've been taught this in schools, they've been subjected to this through media, they talk about it among themselves, and they actually believe that they are being discriminated against in getting into harvard or yale they think that whites are taking spots that would otherwise based on merit go to them and that's completely false the facts show that but what i have to tell you is that i've testified now before congress several times and you may remember back in march when i testified in congress and i brought this issue up i said whoa 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 whoa! wait a minute uh the fact is that Asians are discriminated against at Harvard, and so are whites. And and blacks and Hispanics are far more likely to be admitted at those places and have been for half a century. Congressman Ted Lieu, Democrat, went absolutely ballistic. You might remember that. The, the reason why a lot of folks who aren't congressmen or professors don't know this is because there is a censorship going on In order to maintain the fiction that there is rampant discrimination and oppression going out throughout the country, you and I can't see it. We look around, we're going like, what are we missing? It must be around the corner, and we just happen to miss it. Or it must be in another segment of the United States of America. Well, that's false. And I'm here to tell you, somebody who studied this for 20 years on the Civil Rights Commission, it is completely false. Your instincts are correct. But there are a lot of folks, strange as it may sound, who, if they watch an ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, if they go to an average college with their work professors are telling her about the, the rampant oppression, if they take the 1619 Project courses in K-12, through 12, if they read almost any major media sources, they actually believe that racism is abroad in the land. It is just powerful. It, it, it affects everything, and it's been that way for a long period of time. And the rest of us are looking around scratching our heads going like, where is it? Yeah, in the nation of 330 million people, there's discrimination and there are racists. But this is the, most, it, this is the finest nation on earth for a host of reasons, and it, it was getting finer every day until such time as critical race and a lot of others decided we needed to reintroduce racism into America.
1: Peter, we're going to use this pause uh, for our break. We'll come back, and I want to talk more about this, but in a different realm. Um, You and I have discussed in the past allegations that math is racist. Simple math is racist. In Kentucky, they have put that on steroids, and I'm going to get your opinion on that as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1025 now. We continue with Peter Kirsten. Actually, Pete, I want to get into the Kentucky story, but I may push that to the next segment just so that I can ask you one follow-up on this segment uh, about the the Dallas Justice Now organization. When we talk about um, the affirmative action nature of what this organization is pushing on steroids – putting kids uh who are not qualified on their merit to be in these high schools you know leading to the or high achieving schools high performing schools leading to the dropout rate being so disproportionate and harming essentially the minority communities the alternative alter, the alternative to that would be making so making it so they don't drop out dumbing down the curriculum making a Harvard degree less valuable than it once was, or any of the other top 50 schools in the U.S. News & World Report according to their demands here. Let's dumb it down a little bit so that there is equity of graduation results. Uh, in the same way that you and I have discussed at length, the Obama era administration policy being reinstituted by Biden now to make sure that suspensions and discipline was handed out on an equitable ba- basis. They're going to hand out diplomas on an equitable basis, no matter what it takes to do so. And that includes dumbing down the the material so that the lower achieving students who are admitted based only on how they look rather than what their merit is um, so that they graduate at the same rate. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a good segue. It's an excellent segue. Uh, we're lowering across the board standards in education, K through 12 colleges, even in medical schools and law schools, and that's and frightening. We're also lowering standards in uh, occupations. We're seeing quotas being implemented, and they're not being called that, but that's what's happening at a number of major corporations. We've seen it among the airlines saying they want a certain percentage of pilots. I mean, this is frightening and and completely nutty stuff, but that's where we are today. But consider for a moment the long-range implications. We've talked about some of them. One is that you're going to get more minorities uh, flunking out. It's going to have just the the reverse effect of what we're trying to do, and then when they flunk out, um, they're being told by everybody in the world, the reason you're being flunked out is because of discrimination, okay? um and they and a lot of people will believe that but the other thing is a wholesale reduction in our competitiveness, that is getting to the point it's reaching a critical mass. We talked weeks ago, I think it was maybe even months ago, about a host of uh, standards or a host of of uh, statistics related to where the U.S. stands in terms of competition relative to a number of our uh, near peers, China, Russia, even many smaller European countries, on critical measures such as reading, math, science, etc. Et And we are falling woefully behind. The United States of America is dropping like a stone in terms of its rankings. It's it's frightening to see. I I don't think too many people are aware of it because, again, the media is too focused on. I think they're still focused on Trump as far as I can tell or Trump uh, supporters. But they don't talk about the things that are going to have extreme real-world impacts, negative real-world impacts for the United States as a whole. Already being experienced, but especially in the next few years. Among other things, China right now is number one, their students are, number one in terms of broad measures related to math. The United States is 37th. We used to be around three or four just about 15, 20 years ago. We are now 37th by the standard. Same is true for other academic disciplines where China and other nations have far They've, they've leapfrogged us, and this is getting worse. And one of the reasons is because we have done dumb things. I, I see California has now purportedly rescinded one of the dumb things, but who knows, they come up with something dumb again. But they, they do things such as math is racist, uh, that other things. They, they've eliminated at Yale, you can get an English degree without ever studying Shakespeare. In fact, if you study Shakespeare or some of the great authors, you'd be considered a racist. It is, it is, it's, it's not stupidity. It is lunacy at this point, and it's harming America in real time. This is not simply about, you know, racism and Americans being at each other's throats, which is bad enough. This is about whether or not we're going to be able to keep up with our near peers, which are going to start leapfrogging us in critical measures. China wants to be number one. Uh, they're already number one in math. It's only a matter of time before these things will settle upon america and our competitiveness around the world we're number one right now in, in many measures in terms of our econ- our uh, economic output our military is still considered to be the greatest the finest in the world but when critical race theory and this type of lunacy penetrates almost every sphere almost every aspect of the united states it's going to have a negative effect that is going to reverberate for decades to come and we better be prepared for this
1: that's why we have you on, Pete. That's an element of this I hadn't really considered. I've been looking at this on an individual level or on a micro level. You're looking at it on a big-picture macro level, the uh, dumbing down of our institutions, the lowering of our standards, the impact it will have on us competitively in the international uh, world, in the international marketplace, if you will. So very great points all the way around. We'll get back to the Kentucky. And you're right, it was a good segue to what they're doing in Kentucky, a year-long teacher training program to teach uh, Kentucky teachers, how to be anti racist in teaching math and English, believe it or not. We'll get into that right after this on AM 1420. The
0: answer. There are two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer
1: okay ten thirty five. we continue now with our regular tuesday guest peter curse now talking about race in education and racism uh kind of overall as it pertains to what we are doing to our kids and now peter Kirsch. now what we're doing to teachers uh although Based on the stance of the NEA and the AFT, the two largest teachers' unions, uh, they're not objecting. They're all in on this. Let's talk about Kentucky. Uh, Jefferson Schools in Kentucky, Jefferson School District, is the latest to embrace the math is racist culture. And, in fact, they are now offering offering teachers a year-long professional training program on anti-racist mathematics. The program's goal is to, and I quote, Eliminate curricular violence. I could stop right there and just say, done, I'm out. Curricular violence. Apparently, educational curricula is violent if students don't agree with it or understand it. But I will continue. Eliminate curricular violence and innovate mathematics education through anti-bias, anti-racist, and racially equitable practices. We talked about that a moment ago. Educators would engage in monthly sessions with Latifa Iddeen, an assistant professor of mathematics education at Kennesaw State University, which focuses on topics like white supremacy in mathematics, (laughs) racial trauma in mathematics, and creating anti-racist lesson plans. Pete, a professor... Uh, at york college by the name of eric smith reacted to this this morning on fox news let's get his before i get yours
2: there, pragmatism is a lost concept uh among contemporary anti racists it's practical to have um you know competency in math education they're actually going after language now black linguistic justice is racist to teach black students uh especially standard english so uh, this is not just a math thing. And obviously, right.
1: you know, to a five-year-old, this is not good for black students. Peter Kersenow, uh, that professor says it's not good for black students. He says it's not just math. And you say what?
2: It's amazing we even have to have a discussion about this. Uh, math discriminates. It does. There's no doubt about it. Uh, through a number of uh, centuries, we've seen that math discriminates against the dumb and the unprepared. Um, that's who it discriminates against. And we have, unfortunately, in certain circles among our – you know, I've been fortunate enough to participate in programs where I get to go into, you know, schools – um, and teach certain courses, con law, for, you know, just a couple of days or something like that. And students are great. Uh, the teachers that I encounter are great. But let's face it, there's a lot of rot in the educational establishment. There's a lot of rot among some teachers, especially the newer ones, newer ones coming out of these education schools, where a lot of these new ideas uh, are, have held sway. This is, we talked about this in the last segment as to how this is eroding our competitiveness vis a vis other nations, but principally our near peers, mainly China. Uh, this is serious stuff. This is national security stuff. Uh, we can laugh about this, we can roll our eyes, we can say this is ridiculous, but it's going to have long term implications. Um, we have now, for about two decades, had this elocution about words, phrases, certain things being violent it's truly kind of precious to say something like that at a time when true violence is escalating across the country. But what we're doing here is simply making excuses for failure. We've seen that before. Back in the old days, parents understood such things that you shouldn't allow kids to seize a number of opportunities to, uh, come up with excuses, to come up with reasons why they haven't failed or they they haven't succeeded. It's the worst thing you can do for a kid to give him a host of crutches to fall back on if he doesn't succeed. We have to encourage kids to strive. You know, the old... <clears throat> um, deal phrase of the only easy day was was yesterday that's the kind of approach that needs to be taken toward education also not in you know the kind of uh, <laughs> the kind of sense that seals go through but the sense that we have to work hard math is hard anyone who isn't a genius had to struggle through you know geometry trigonometry you know calculus if you if you went that way i'm still suffering uh, withdrawal pains from vector calculus <laughs> but everybody has to go through that. There's no easy way of, around it. It is not racist. It's never been racist. We know that. It's an insult to our intelligence that we even have to entertain a discussion, that we even have to push back against this EDC, that these people are even given a form in the United States of America. At any time, but I'll say it one more time, especially at a time when we are in a struggle right now to maintain our supremacy, which is necessary. Because China is trying to eat our lunch, they are be- being successful in doing so, and they are an evil regime. If they achieve hegemony, or the kind of number one status that we have right now, it's not going to be good for America, it's not going to be good for the world. So this is, is more than just the kind of micro-implications, which are important enough. This has macro-implications. We, we must fight against this as if it's a, 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 a cold war. That's how bad this is. When we discussed last week, I believe it was, the fact that 41% of Baltimore high school students have a 1.0 grade point average or lower, and the one student had a 0.13 grade point average and still graduated in the top half of his class, this is the kind of thing that is going to be exacerbated. Those stats are going to get worse when we start inculcating in our kids and in our our, uh, educational system that math is racist. It's one of the most absurd, insulting concepts imaginable. And here's what we need to do. Uh, there used to be, and there still are, academies such as this. Uh, some of them have gone by the wayside because of a lot of the pressures that have been placed on them by the, the kind of woke establishment. But there have been certain academies, the KIPP academies, for example, of, of you know, last decade, that stressed educational excellence and made it uh, imperative that these kids work hard, do their homework, and had and parents involved also. And these kids went on to do amazing things. They went on and legitimately earned their way to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and all these other schools uh, without any kind of um, uh, racial preference. This is a matter of hard work. In the old days, we understood this. Nothing, certain things are eternal and do not change. And one of them is math is hard. You better work your butt off to succeed at it.
1: Peter, the one word that you said, I think, that jumped out and I want to follow up on is insulting. Um, because again, if I'm, if I'm a person of color, I'm outraged. At the notion that expecting me to understand the complex equations in calculus or other higher level math, um, it, it's, it's harder, f- expecting me to do that is, is more difficult because I'm a person of color. It's racist to expect me to understand these things. It's the same feeling I would get. And I'm, you know, I admit I'm a white guy and I'm trying to put myself in black shoes and maybe I can't. But I feel like if I was black, and you can speak to this because you are, when they tell me that it's harder for me to get an ID than it is a white guy, I'm insulted by that. If they tell me it's harder for me to do math, or excuse excuse me, because I'm a black guy, If it's harder for me to do math because I'm a black person, I'm insulted by that. How dare you lump me in with some sort of a, you know, in some sort of a, uh, you know, again, I think Candace Owens calls it the bigotry of low expectations. How dare you put that upon me because of the color of my skin? You are no better than me because you're white. And guess what? I have just as much of a chance to succeed at mathematics or as the professor from York talked about, to speak proper English and write and, and speak with proper grammar, um, I have just as much of a chance of doing those things as, as a white person does. It's simply a matter of how hard am I willing to work. You said it at the beginning of your commentary, Pete. Yeah, it is. There is a, a bias, or however you phrase it. It's biased against the unprepared. It's biased against the dumb, the people who aren't willing to put in the work to learn these things. It's not biased against people based on their color
2: that's a an outstanding point the this approach is patronizing it is condescending it's yeah. insulting Anybody who has a modicum of self-respect would reject it wholesale. But what we've been doing for a couple of decades now is softening the the playground here, so to speak. In other words, we are, are making it so easy for precious little flowers and giving them a whole host of excuses for why they're failing. And guess what? If you give people reasons or excuses... Human nature says, regardless of your race, you're going to seize excuses rather than, you know, put in that extra hour of work. You know, you're you're going to instead, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch TV because the deck, the deck is stacked against me. So, you know, if I get that D, it's because of racism. We shouldn't be giving people excuses for failure or justifications for their failure. That's the worst thing you can do. It is condescending. And, you know, we've seen a number of studies now. One that immediately comes to mind. It's not necessarily the most emblematic, but the study that shows that uh, liberals have a tendency, progressives have a tendency to use more, um, uh, I couldn't remember what the phrase is, but uh, their speech patterns and the vocabulary choices that they would use would be much more simple and and, and uh, juvenile when speaking to blacks. Conservatives didn't alter their speaking, but it was a patronizing, condescending approach in speech patterns that progressives use. Not all progressives, and I mean to paint a broad brush, but that was generally the case. What we have is that phenomenon replicated on steroids. We've used that term three times now, but yes, on steroids in this type of approach. Self-respecting parents and kids of any color should reject an attempt to say, well, you know what, we have to raise up our little brown brothers because they're just, not as bright as we are. That's not said, but it's implied in what you're doing. If you've got to dumb things down, dumb standards down, call everything racist just because a certain percentage of people of color don't do as well as Asians or whites. And by the way, the, the Asian conundrum is one that needs to be explained by all these people who think that there's oppression and racism abroad in the land. Asians are doing better than anybody, as are many immigrants. By the way, immigrants from Ghana, black immigrants from Ghana do better than white people in the United States of America in terms of income. I mean, these are the things that progressives won't explain, but if this is such an oppressive, racist place, you would think the opposite would be true. So, um, yeah, I, I think the point that you made was, was, was a good one, Bob. I think people should be rejecting these insulting, humiliating insinuations that, eh, you know, we know you just can't do it, but, so we're going to lower things for you. Um, th- that is the definition of racism
1: and and i don't understand how black liberals or leftists don't make that point you know how they don't say you know what how dare you how dare you think of us as less than the whole point, uh, you know, of, of equal rights and civil rights and everything else is we are all the same. How dare you, when it comes to expecting me to do better work, to achieve higher scores, to understand more complex things, and so on and so forth? How dare you tell me that I shouldn't be that shouldn't be expected of me because I am less than? This is Options. what the, this is what the entire left, you know, their 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 racial division, CRT Marxist theory is based upon. Uh, dividing us in such ways, and, and and here they are essentially saying we are less than. We are less than. Don't expect us to do what white people do. Don't expect us to do what people who have white privilege can do, because we just can't. It's just, It just flies in the face of, of everything that they say they stand for. I'm sorry, Pete, go ahead.
2: The re- One of the reasons, and it's a crucial one. That shouldn't be overlooked, because it's true. It's, it's, it's a material reason. The anti-racism kind of patronization profession is an extraordinarily lucrative one, both in terms of finances and political power. And that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of progressives and a lot of black progressives remain quiet when this type of patronization uh, occurs. Among the political class, they want to project this image of the united states as being racist so they can rally the troops and say only i can fight against this racism and these evil republicans and trump and everything else like that also there are a number of of not just people of color but whites too who profit enormously from both psychically and financially from perpetuating this ridiculous notion of of Well, you know, you really can't succeed, or there's racism that's oppressing you in 2021 America, and that's why you're not succeeding. You've got Ibram Kendi, for example, has gotten enormously wealthy, as his Robin DiAngelo. They're making $30,000 per presentation, you know, for a couple of hours. Uh, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. But again, there's a a lot of reasons why people like to perpetuate this. And there's a, there's a, and as I said, aside from the psychic reason or psychological reason, there is a political or ideological reasons why you've got ABC, CNN, MSNBC doing these types of things. So we're fighting a multi-front, multi-pronged battle here. It's going to be for the long haul, but we better fight it vigorously. Otherwise, the United States of America truly is. I don't mean to be histrionic. I said that a couple times now. But we are in peril
1: yeah and i don't think that is is histrionic at all pete last question for you this one also has to do with race and i'm going to ask you the question in the form of, of a declarative sentence and then ask you to respond to it we now know for certain with 100 percent certainty the cleveland indians will never ever win another world series
2: oh my goodness bob i'll tell you right now i'm looking out my window at the guardians right now okay i can see them from my windows (laughs) um when i i first heard about it from my assistant in washington when it first came out she got on it right away and emailed me and i just had to hold my head um I've been an Indians fan since I was five years old. I had, you know, the old Chief Wahoo cap, and we can go through this, and we should, Bob. Next time, next time, we we, we have to have a discussion about this and all the idiotic uh, issues related to it. Can do. Um, It it is just, I I don't even know where to begin with it, but just one observation that's not necessarily the most pertinent one, but... Outside of Cleveland, in fact, most Clevelanders have no idea that the statues on Bob Hope Memorial Bridge were called guardians. Definitely, when I was talking to people outside of Cleveland, you know, down in Washington and other places, they had no clue what it was about. They thought it was like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy or something of that nature. They had no idea, and they thought the logo was silly. Now, some people are going to like it, but um, when we have the more extended discussion, I can talk to you about a couple hearings we had at the Civil Rights Commission with dealing with Native Americans and many uh, uh, tribal chieftains who call themselves Indians, and how... Many Native Americans view all of these machinations, you know, getting the Land of Lakes butter, uh, you know, package changed and all yep. of that. I mean, uh, it is not a, I'll say this. The, the belief that Native Americans are uniform in their opposition to these kinds of things is uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily the case. Pete, I did an interview
1: that. yesterday. I did an interview yesterday, and I know you didn't catch it. You're busy um, with uh, the vi- president and vice president of the NAGA, which is the yes, Native yes, American Guardians right, Association, right? And I spoke yeah. to them, and they talked about it. It's some ninety percent of of, uh, of Native Americans, and they they love the word Indians too. Um, yep, they. Either have no opinion and they aren't bothered by Native American uh, imagery and, and, and names in sports, or they fully support them as part of keeping their their culture alive. Uh, and yep. it's a very very small but loud vocal minority uh, that that have led to these things.
2: Yeah, 20, 20 sophomores at Oberlin are cheering, and the rest of the people are scratching their heads or yeah. Are upset.
1: Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. I love twice you got digs in at Oberlin today. I love that, Peter Kirsten. Now, great stuff as always, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bob. Alright, 1052, final segment coming up, on AM 1420, the answer. Dance on the Okay, final segment at 1056, a short one. As always, don't forget we got Gallagher waiting in the wings. Then you're going to give a little bit of Charlie Kirk. Then, of course, Dennis Prager. Stay right here on AM 1420. The answer will go to uh, Greater Cleveland. Jan on the air now. Jan, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, hi, Bob. You know, this equality thing, if a bridge is built and it's open and it
0: was built by uh, engineers who uh, graduated with their degree with getting half of the equations correct only, would you cross it first before me? <laughs> that's all I gotta
1: uh, say. I would uh, Take care. I would thank you for the call. <laughs> I would ask uh, <coughs> excuse me. I would ask uh, what is her name? What is the name of the professor that's gonna teach the uh, anti racist mathematics lessons to Kentucky teachers who can then teach it to their students? Here she is, Doctor Latifa Id Dean. Latifa Id Dean. I would ask her to be the first one across that bridge. Doctor Latifa Iddin, this bridge was designed, engineered, and constructed by your students who learned who learned anti-racist math and non-white supremacist math, and all got A's in this uh, in this in this type of mathematics. Um, the first trip is yours. Let's do a ribbon cutting, and you go ahead and drive right across that bad boy. Let me know how that works out for you. That is a great question, Jan, and it is a great example of what we are talking about and what Peter was talking about. When you advance the bigotry of low expectations, you don't only harm the individuals who are not being held to the right standard because it might not feel good to hold them to the right standard and watch perhaps a disproportionate number of people uh, perform less successfully. That's a gentle way of saying fail. Um, but it doesn't just harm them. It harms everybody. That's what Pete did such a great job of talking about the macro side of things here. It harms communities. It'll harm minority communities. If they send kids to schools they're not qualified to be in, watch them drop out and then uh, you know their lives don't go the way they want to, or watch them get degrees that they haven't earned because they dumbed down the curriculum for them, Dumbed down the standards, lowered the expectations, and then it hurts the entire community. And as, you know, uh, as uh, Pete said, it hurts the entire American uh, population. The U.S. is at an extreme disadvantage, a competitive disadvantage against the rest of the world if our educational standards are subpar because it makes us feel good in the pursuit of equity. And as Jan just pointed out, it could do a lot more damage as well <laughs> if people don't if people aren't aren't um, evaluated on their ability to be experts at what they do. It could lead to disastrous circumstances. Now that might have been an extreme example she brought up with the bridge, but it was an accurate one. All right, that's it. Good stuff today. Thanks to Peter Kirsten. Now, thanks to you for listening, being a part of it. We'll have uh, more great conversation tomorrow. As I mentioned, stay where you are because Mike Gallagher's next right here on AM 1420 The Answer. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Enjoy the silence.